0: Welcome to another episode of Obsessed with Death. Thank you, of course, for continuing to listen and support the podcast. It is greatly appreciated. You can, of course, continue to support the podcast in other ways. Uh, Leave a review, give us five stars, maybe share out an episode on social media, or even just tell a friend. Today's episode is with documentarian and filmmaker Kirsten Johnson. She has a film out now on Netflix called dick johnson is dead absolutely one of my all-time favorite documentaries um if you haven't watched it please go check it out especially after this conversation basically the gist of the film is she's killing her dad over and over to help her deal with the fact that her dad will unfortunately die one day and i honestly can't think of a better way for a filmmaker to deal with the unfortunate news that yes your dad is going to die uh, such a fun conversation, such a fun uh, documentary. Again, it's on Netflix if you want to go check it out. Um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And again, thank you for listening to Obsessed with Death. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. I know we just we just mentioned before we got started here it was a a a little bit uh a, of uh I don't even know what what the word is, but we we figured it out. I appreciate you being flexible and uh I'm so glad that we finally figured out a time that we could talk.
1: We were ships passing in the night, but here we are in 2023 <laughs> together.
0: We did it. We absolutely did it. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, I absolutely uh, loved your film. Um, I've watched it multiple times at this point now. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about it. But before we get into that, I do try and ask everyone that I talk to and at least have a little bit of a discussion. Uh, Of course, I'm curious about um, your relationship with death and uh you know do you think about it does it is it something that worries you um how often if if you are thinking about a lot how often are you thinking about it uh yeah i'm just i'm just curious about what your relationship with death is currently
1: uh oh, love the question and you know when one is a filmmaker people often ask you When did you get started? How did your life as a filmmaker start? And uh, when you bring a film out into the world, people, you know, how did you get that idea or when did it start? And one of the things I absolutely love is that there are so many beginnings to things. And so that, you know, as we will talk, I'll say like, Oh, this is the beginning of my thinking about death. And then undoubtedly I'll be like, wait a minute. I just thought of another thing, but when I was thinking about talking to you, uh, a memory came to me that I think, in some ways, had a lot to do with me making "Dick Johnson is Dead" and maybe had a lot to do with me becoming a filmmaker. Um, I I grew up in Seattle, and um, when I was a kid, uh, I was raised within. A group of people who are Seventh-day Adventists. And so sort of every Saturday afternoon, we would go over to someone's house for lunch, um, often a potluck lunch. And so that you would often end up uh, at a house of people you didn't really know or in a neighborhood you didn't know. And one time when I was pretty little, I think I was like, had to be like five or six, we had lunch at these people's house and the kids all went out after, after the lunch and they lived next door to a cemetery and we it was a beautiful sunny day and all us kids went tree climbing in the cemetery and we were up in this tree and then all of a sudden this like people started coming and there was a funeral that was people were starting to gather underneath the tree and so i all i can remember was like uh oh we can't come down
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and so we stayed up in the tree And witnessed from above looking down this funeral of this person, you know, we didn't, I didn't know. And I just remember it blowing my mind because I, it was a beautiful sunny day. I knew I was happy. And and then I was witnessing all these people who were grieving and sad. And it was incredibly cinematic, as you can imagine. Yeah, And also like super tense of like, is someone going to look up and see this pack of kids up in the tree? And we also stayed a really long time, like the funeral went on for an hour and we stayed there. And then we all got in trouble when we got back because all the parents were looking for us. So it was a really dramatic experience of you can watch other people experiencing different feelings that than you're having. And that just felt like a revelation to me at the time. Sure. Um, yeah, so that was one early one. And then the other, like, most fabulous one um, was my grandmother's death. Uh, I was um, probably about 11 or 12. And she also was a very religious person who tended to dress in very dark and somber clothing. But um, her daughter and my mother, her daughter in law, found this, like, outrageous flowered dress in her closet and they were like oh yeah we are burying her in this because <laughs> yeah. it's just so more so much more beautiful so fun and it was an open casket funeral and we were our family was sort of off to the side in this glassed in room and after the ceremony people started to come up to pay their respects to my grandmother in the casket and all of a sudden my mother was giggling hysterically And I was just like, you know, we were all in the middle of crying. And I was like, what are you doing? And then my dad started laughing. And my mom was pointing down the aisle. And there was this little old lady coming down the aisle wearing the exact same dress as my grandmother (laughs) was wearing in the casket. Oh, no. And she took forever. She had a cane. She was walking really slowly. And and because my family was in this glassed-in space where no one could hear us, we were all just like beside ourselves, losing it, laughing as yeah. this woman came slowly down the aisle. And then, the instant she looked into the casket, it registered that she was wearing the same dress as my dead grandmother. And she just like was gone. <laughs> and we never found her again. She didn't come to the reception. We have no idea why she really beautiful dress to the funeral, why my grandmother had the dress. It just remains a mystery to this day. So, If anyone listening knows (laughs) why my grandmother wore that dress, uh, please let me know.
0: That is, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I just, just going back really quick too. I love the idea that there's just like children playing in a, in a cemetery. Do you remember like, even like thinking, um, in that moment, like was that did that just feel normal did did it register that you were like playing oh, no, in the cemetery it,
1: it, it didn't like it didn't register until the funeral came like yeah. it was because it was just like you know sunny days aren't that common in Seattle, so you're sure. like it's a sunny yeah. day out here um, but what did happen then, which I think is really interesting, is that I became sort of obsessed with cemeteries, and I yeah. would often. Um, on Saturday afternoons when we were coming from, from church, I would say, dad, can we drive through a cemetery? Really? Yeah. And I mean, this is just also like hilarious. Like, of course I would end up making (laughs) and it's dead right later in my life. But so, and my father, you know, was a psychiatrist uh, as you learn in the movie and just, you know, absolutely someone who affirmed me in every way. So he, you know, if I, I asked, like, can we drive through a cemetery? He'd be like, sure. And oftentimes, it would just be we would just drive through it. We wouldn't even stop and get out. Um, But that was that felt like a fun thing for me to do in my (laughs) early
0: childhood. (laughs) I'm always so curious about the kids who like your friend who grow up next to the cemetery. Um, I just think that that just immediately i th- I would assume has to change your per or like be a, become a part of your personality in some way uh, I also love the idea of somebody going to purchase a home and and being comfortable purchasing a home that's next to a cemetery
1: yeah isn't that you know? true yeah not true and yeah. You know, in Seattle, lots of the cemeteries are gorgeous parks, right? Filled yeah. with big, beautiful trees and the lawns. And, and it, you know, it's interesting. Some people feel like this sense of peacefulness uh, in proximity to cemeteries. I certainly, when I moved to New York, um, the cemetery that you see driving um, towards the city on um, the LIE, um, it's like, wow it's like the new york cemetery like the most packed cemetery and it's in the foreground of the city and when i first saw that i was just like oh this is the cemetery new york deserves right so yeah yeah, so i I sort of love that like to each place it's cemetery
0: yeah the the greenwood cemetery in brooklyn i'm not sure if, if you've been there before it was a i mean it's i have a top five cemetery list and it's, it's number one for sure. I mean, it's just incredibly beautiful and like genuinely enjoyable to like visit and just sort of walk around.
1: Well, there were so many, um, you know, there's so much terribleness associated with the pandemic. Uh, My private like loss, which is infinitesimal was that uh, Dick Johnson is dead was going to show uh in an outdoor on an outdoor screen at the greenwood cemetery in 2020 oh, my, rooftop yeah. films was going to do this screening and you know it was just like is that a dream come true or what
0: oh my yeah
1: so that dream has not come true yet but i believe someday
0: why are we not doing we should still you should do that still absolutely i don't it's think there, there there's a, any <laughs> there's a better i mean obviously yes like with like planning it with the release of the movie would have been incredible and that's unfortunate but please make that still happen i will oh, be there in a I, second I, I,
1: oh well to, it would be wonderful to meet you in person and be there and i also like i love this sort of notion that you can keep getting to know people after they're dead yeah. and so that the thought of sort of identifying some of the people who are buried in Greenwood Cemetery and imagining that they're part of the audience of watching The, yeah. of the Dead and sort of learning about who those people are was so enticing to me. Um yeah. so yeah, I hope it comes true. And What a yeah,
0: it. what a what an incredible and fun way to think about it. Um I love that. I hope that happens. I really really do. Um you mentioned uh while you were speaking about your father and how he would just be, you know, so open to the fact that uh, you were, you were requesting to drive through a cemetery and he just does it. You mentioned how he just, he really, he really did. And you see this in the film and you know, you speak on it and obviously you mentioned it now, but it's like, he really did seem like you had obviously an incredible relationship. The two of you have a great relationship and um, he really did sort of just embrace and let you, you know, he supported obviously, you know, the littlest thing, like, Hey, let me, let me, uh, you know, drive you through a a cemetery. Um, Do you think that that, I would assume, but I'm curious that like very close relationship, do you think that that made it a little bit easier to make the sort of film that you made?
1: Well, you know, I give my father so much credit for the fact the film exists because, you know, you know, Anytime anybody, uh, lets you film with them, they're, they sort of these high stakes. It's, it's their life, right? Yeah. And yeah. their life that's going to be put on the screen and there needs to be trust. But, you know, in this case, I'm asking my dad, like, can we make fun of your death? And then, you know, when I first had the idea for the film, I, I did not consciously realize that my father was starting to show signs of dementia because I think I was in such denial. I really did not want that to happen specifically because I did not want to lose him in that way, but also because I had been through, we had been through that with my mother. Um, And so I just didn't see it. But finally, when we started making the film, it was, right there in front of us and very obvious. And my father was self-aware, which is, you know, that doesn't happen for everybody who starts to show symptoms of dementia. They don't always have self-awareness. My mother didn't. So for my dad to say, like, I trust you and we can like take my life and, and make something new of it. <laughs> um, I just like, I kind of can't believe he let me make the movie. Yeah. Um and his only condition was like please it's got to be funny. <laughs> and and my whole thing was like I don't know if I know how to be funny but that's that's I will commit to that dad. Like we're in this together trying to make a funny movie about your dementia and your death.
0: That's so interesting that that you would have like that concern of it being funny when I I mean I found myself laughing throughout the entire thing in the most like comforting beautiful way.
1: Uh, I'm so glad and it was so powerful having that as a goal like as we made the film together I mean one of the deep wishes for me was that I could sort of um, bottle the perfume of my father uh, you know and um, for myself and for him and for people in our family but also as time went on, the wonderful collaborators I was working with were saying to me, like, it's about your relationship with him. And people seeing that that thing, which, you know, I wasn't aware of at first. I was just sort of doing it out of desperate need of like, no, I don't want to lose my dad.
0: So, I mean, yeah, is the, is, was that really just sort of the inspiration for the film was just like finding a way to encapsulate your father forever and also do the thing you love to do? And then obviously, you know, you know, try and find some success with, with the product. Yeah.
1: I'm going to put it in pretty stark terms, desperate need. Yeah. I made the film out of desperate need. Like, I, I can't even tell you how much I didn't want my dad to have dementia and that I don't want him to die. I'm like, no, like I could just scream like, no, (laughs) for a really long time. Yeah. And Having gone through what we went through with my mom and, you know, here I am a documentary camera person. I've traveled all over the world. I've filmed thousands of hours of footage of other people. And because my mom, you know, came from an era and was a person who thought about um, how she wanted to present herself in the world. She didn't want to be, be filmed ever. And so I just have these like tiny scraps of her, as I mentioned in the film, that I filmed of her after she had dementia. So I have like no evidence of my mother, of this fantastic woman. Yeah. And, and the Alzheimer's does like for the people around the person who has the disease, you, you stop being able to remember who the person was because the present is so expanded, like you're in the super present, ever present. Yeah. And so I didn't want the same thing to happen with my, relationship to my dad with my memory of my dad I was just like oh let me hold on to like a little bit of him you know so that was the desperate need um and frankly I had felt really freed by the film that I made before called camera person because it was a film that everyone was skeptical of while I was making it and people were like ah it's too much people aren't going to get it no one's going to be interested in it and then that turned out to not be true um and I got a lot of love and praise for it, and so I thought, you know, this film can be a failure. It's okay if it's a failure. I'm going to take this risk, but I'm I'm going to do it on the terms that my dad and I can live with and die with. Um, yeah, yeah. So it gave and, me a lot of freedom.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that um, would only help, I guess, right, build and like create the product that you're looking for. Um is to have obviously with films in the past been told one thing and then obviously something else completely happens um oh, I, right. of course that could not happen every time, but it feels like there's like that's like a a little bit of like secret to success right there,
1: yeah, and it's all I mean, I think you're so i mean it's like the secrets to success is like truly committing to process right yeah. and and saying. I will enjoy this process with my collaborators. I'm going for it. And, you know, when I was first pitching the film, the idea was um, my dad's going to die over and over. We're going to kill my dad over and over in, you know, quotes yeah. until he really dies for real. Okay. And I imagined that's what I was going to do. And um, then at a certain point when we were filming, it became really clear. My dad can't go on. The dementia is preventing him from having the agency he needs in this and we need to stop. And I sort of realized like, oh, this may kill me (laughs) trying to make this film with him forever. And, you know, spoiler alert, my dad's still alive. My dad is still alive. My dad is is 90 now. And, you know, I I would still be making the film (laughs) with (laughs) (laughs) him. And I'm glad I'm not, you know, Um, because we did capture like the him who had agency. And we we also, you know, give the inklings of what it feels like to be losing agency.
0: Yeah, it felt like that was like this. You picked like the perfect moment, right? Like he was moving to New York with you. He's leaving his. His home that I had imagined he he had lived in for a very long time. I'm not sure if you you must have. That's lived right. There. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I
1: moved there when I was two. But yeah, we have been in yeah. the house for 50 years exactly.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's like you really couldn't have picked a better point in time. I think to do it.
1: Well, I I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize what a narrow window I it had. It seems
0: like that's like a theme to this entire film is like I didn't even know it just it just it just just, just, you know which is which is fantastic it's the and and proof that like if you have a good idea like it's like things are going to fall into place and and it's going to work out you
1: know this better than me because you've spent so much time talking about death it's like nobody ever sees it coming yeah even if you like even if you're dying of a terminal disease and you know it's coming it manifests in some really unexpected way at some unexpected moment. And, you know, that became sort of um, my mantra in thinking about how we filmed and the approach to filming. But to say that, you know, documentary is, um, we're filming in real time things that are observable, um, but also things that are not observable, like what's going on inside your head right now, yeah. I, I can see your face, but I don't know what's going on inside your head. Um, but then we have to imagine like fiction filmmaking is imagining um, what exists. And certainly the moment of death is something that all of us can only imagine. Yeah. And, right. This edge between life and what we can observe and know, uh, And death is like this really amazing portal (laughs) between the known and the unknown, right? And and across the board, all humans are in the same boat. Um, One of the things that I did as part of the process of making Dick Johnson is dead, and I will ask you now, how do you want to die, Um, Robert?
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, You know, it's interesting. I've thought about everything that comes after I die. I don't oh. I haven't thought a ton about how I want to. I think
1: chance?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the easiest answer for me is in my sleep. I would love to just just slowly f- sort of fade away. I think that that's the ideal way to go. Um do I think that's how it's going to happen? Probably not. Yeah. Um and that's just my anxiety talking. That's just my brain being like there's no, there's just no way I get I get out that easy. Well, uh,
1: isn't that the case? Like we all, we all, we just know it's not going to look like the way we want yeah. it to look.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's um, you know, uh, it it's so interesting. It's it's really with from, with the amount that I think about death, the idea of how it's going to happen. Is only the, the only thoughts I ever have are, around that are just terrifying. <laughs> like they're not, oh, it's, it's, they're, they're never, they're never a, a sort of peaceful or beautiful. It, I, I, it's always just like, it's going to be, it's going to be the worst possible outcome. I mean, I just have, and, and then it just goes to like, th- this is so ridiculous. And I I, I, I don't, I live very close to an airport, right? and yeah. there are I've constant there are constantly like helicopters and small planes and all these p- flying over where i live and I, I once a day i go this is it this that plane's gonna that helicopter is gonna crash right into this building it's gonna kill me me and my dog are both gonna die like once a day i have that thought and it's like who thinks like that? It's that's never going to happen. the The odds are, of it are insane. But it's like I think of that once a day, at least.
1: Wow, <laughs> You're I, have say, I have to say, I have to say, one spectacular death. Yeah, like, right? I, like, I mean, you know, like, I kind of I, there's an appeal for me, like, of a death that would like make people laugh, like. Oh my god like yeah. Robert has been living next to an <laughs> airport and worrying about a day. and finally a an helicopter in his yeah. house right um you could move
0: Yep. Yep every <laughs> every year when my lease comes up I go you know you could move away from the airport you're really good. <laughs> but I don't and one day one day I will. But yeah uh, it's 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 I don't know my brain just goes to like the most insane possibilities every time.
1: Yeah, I
0: like it. I like it. <laughs> it is It is. It is a fun way. I think it would be what I do. This is just so random, too. And I. I this is why I do the podcast, because I just want to talk about this stuff. But I also think about all the time um, the idea of a helicopter crashing into my building while I'm not there. And then me just having this ability to be like, do I want to fake my death right now? Because they, they would assume I'm dead. There's no way for them to know. <laughs> do I just want to start over right now and just do something? It's it, yeah. I don't know. So
1: there's so there's a there's a fantasy of escapism totally. from your own life. Um, that's so. Oh,
0: just with just with with death though. I, I'm not like gonna actively. And part of the reason I was I was thinking about this recently was because I did. There's this author. I wish I could remember her name. She recently didn't. She didn't necessarily fake her death, but she like oh, had her yeah, daughter. yeah, romance you see that?
1: novel. Yeah, I read the article about yeah. her. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was so interesting. Where it's like, oh yeah, I guess you could just like go on the internet and be like, I've died, or this person <laughs> has died, and then people are just like, well, I guess if I can't see you, you could be dead. But I'm I'm going off, that. I, I mean,
1: no, it's not a tangent. This is like the <laughs> central theme, right? And yeah. obviously, you know by being able to do my father's funeral while he was still alive i tapped into this fantasy of like what we will what we would learn if we were able to observe what happened after we died right Mm, and so clearly like all of us have many forms of fantasies around this of like you know who would miss us who would be full of regret who would You know, all of those feelings, I think, that we're all interested in. Um, But yours of like, huh? you just like slip out the back and start all over (laughs) again. It's very interesting. Uh, I I like it. Yeah. I mean, and then
0: maybe I reappear five years later and I just like, you know, moonwalk into, you know, my dad's house. And I'm like, I'm back, baby. And it's just pure chaos for, you know, 24
1: hours. There's something you're up to something you're figuring out something. <laughs> I and think
0: it's it's just my brain just it's just it's just on a rotation of just death scenarios and and what I would do. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I I had the wonderful opportunity to talk to a lot of different people um, while Dick Johnson is dead was coming out into the world, and um, one of the most fascinating people I talked to was Deepak Chopra who said Whoa. he meditates on death every day. Yeah. And that basically from his point of view, he dies every day. Huh? And I, I was sort I like of that. like, I know. And I was like, I like
0: that. Yeah.
1: Oh. And he's like, he's like, I am, my body is not who I was yesterday. I am not who I was yesterday. And he kind of knocked me out of the water. I was like, huh? Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Right. So yeah, in some ways, his thinking offers you that fantasy. It's like you you, you already died yesterday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yesterday was, you know, the helicopter crash. The other yeah. day, you know, I, I, if I'm walking down the street, all I do is have constant visions of the car behind me swerving and hitting me and me just spinning through the air. I, mm. I have that one constantly. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, we'll just call it my own form of, of death meditation.
1: There you go. You know, I think it's that's clearly what I'm effect. doing
0: is extremely healthy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what is really yeah. extremely healthy about what you're doing is you're creating relationships out of death, right? Like sure. you're creating this network and web of people who are similarly engaged as you are with this, you know, this, like these questions, this humor, this passion around like, what is this that all humans have to face?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was I I had I had a friend in town over the weekend, and uh he listens to the podcast, and I went to go see him and and see his his parents, who I grew up with, who I love, who I haven't seen in years and years and years, and we're sitting together talking, and he brings up the podcast and just asking me how it's going and and how things are and. I mention it and then his his mom walks into the room and I get like a little quiet and weird about it where I'm just like, okay, we could talk about, she doesn't need to know I do a podcast about death, like we could talk about something else. And sure enough, we, she hears what we're talking about. She asks, I tell her and she had stories and questions and we talked about death for like two hours and I was just like, I would have never expected you to have any interest in this. Let alone want to talk about it for this long. She's like writing down books for me to read. Like it just became this incredible conversation with somebody who I absolutely love and was so excited to see, but would never expect that. Only because part of the reason I started this podcast was because I did want to talk about it and a lot of people didn't want to talk about it. I would bring up these conversations with friends and they'd be like, I'm trying to have like a beer and like relax. Like I don't want to think about dying right now. And rightfully so. But it is, yeah, it, it's great that it's so fun to be able to meet people, you know, like you that, that are so excited and willing to talk about it. And it does help me so much, um, you know, just with the anxiety that I have with it and and just the, the fascination of it. It's, yeah, I can't imagine, I, I don't know if I could ever <laughs> stop doing it at this point. Like, I'm just like, so it's, it's such a, like a valuable part of my life now. Oh, that's so uh,
1: yeah. beautiful! I'm so I, glad that you figured it out, and I like, <laughs> right? I, too. You know, you figured something out for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and I would say, like, when I was making the film, there was a period where I was sort of trying to front, like, you know, like I'm making something, and I'm a director, and I know yeah. what I'm doing, yeah, and um, and then I had this sort of excruciating moment with this crew of people that I hadn't worked with before in Seattle. And and I, and I realized like, why am I pretending to know things? Mm. What is that serving? And, you know, that's the kind of stuff I think like many of us get, get um, sort of uh, encouraged to do as we try to make our way in the world. And in fact, uh, once I sort of copped to the fact of like, okay, everybody here. I'm like, I'm working. My father has dementia and I have like no idea how he's going to behave. Um, but this is what I'm interested in doing. And these are the ways I want to respect him. And every single person on that crew knew someone with dementia. Um, I asked them all how they wanted to die. People told me unbelievable stories. I learned things about everybody. And suddenly I was like, ah, we're all in this together. And I think, that is the truth about death and humanity. We are all in this together. And I do think the pandemic on a certain level, like woke everybody up on that front. Yeah, um, Well, it's like a lot of people trying to go back to sleep now. Um, but I think that collective experience of loss and this ongoing, I mean, so many people are still in the ongoingness of the pandemic. Yeah. it it is a new relationship to speaking openly um, about death and grieving and disease. And yet also, you know, denial is a serious river in Egypt, right? (laughs) Like, it's just like, whoa. Um, And, and, you know, this is a taboo topic, Um, many taboo topics and this is one of them because it's so um, connected to pain and it's yeah. other people's pain, right? Yeah, um, yeah. People want to be careful with other people's pain. And I certainly do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I do, obviously, even in, in this conversation now, like, I was scared to ask how your dad was doing. Like, I, I was, <laughs> we're, I, I literally I literally emailed you and I was like, will you talk about death with me for an hour? And I'm still, like, nervous to ask you how your dad is. That's just like, it, 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 what? yeah. You know, that
1: was like this profound, you know, when I was trying to figure out what's the name of the film. Yeah. uh, It came to me in the middle of the night. Dick Johnson is dead. And I, I was like, oh, like that is such a crazy title to put on a movie if your father is alive. Yeah. And and i was just like the free zone of it like oh, i can't do this right this is so sacrilegious this is so wrong and then i was yeah. like yeah it's wrong to kill your father over and over in a movie <laughs> um and and then i really like i was like ah oh, this title is so sweet because right now dick johnson is dead is a fictional movie But someday, someday that I can't predict when it will come or how I will feel, but I'm going to say I'm probably going to be devastated. Dick Johnson will be dead, you know, and the meaning of the film is going to shift again. So there's this weird way where like the film is alive. The title is alive. My dad's alive. um, And. There's just something this, I, like, now everyone, we all have this funny feeling of, like, oh, my dad's going to live forever now. Like, <laughs> we're back to full-on denial yeah. that he's just going to go on and on.
0: Yeah, I um, I have a little bit of that with my mother. Uh, she's had a couple of instances where it could have gone really bad, and sh- there's just something about her where it's like, oh, yeah, she's going to bury all of us. Like yeah. it's just there's yeah. just no way there's just no way. Um, well,
1: I think I think this that you know when we love people so deeply, I think no is the word, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's what I said to my brother when my brother called and said my mother had died. I said no, yeah, no, <laughs> I am not no, <laughs> and and what's fantastic is. You know, when people get to live long lives, um, it does sort of feel like a fantasy that they'll die. And, yeah. and you know, one of the things that I say about myself before making Dick Johnson is dead, I was an if I dire. I would literally say, if I die.
0: <laughs> I, love, I love that.
1: Yeah. Yes. So there are a lot of people who if are. If it happened, if a, my or maybe
0: it could yeah, happen, but, I guess. Right,
1: but then there's all like so many young people, and those of us who are not young but wish to stay young in our minds—we're total if I dyers, yeah. right? Um, but I think this is the amazing thing about aging—is that you start to pass through these zones where you realize. People die in every age zone of life. And yeah. and some of us dodge bullets for a long time. No one we love dies in our childhood. No one dies in our teen years. No one dies. Right. So some people get to live like that. Other people have the people they love die like immediately. And um, so I think there's like really interesting ways that those things play out in people's um, life energy. Right. I think. Yeah people like your parents haven't died yet. Right. And, and, and I think that's a category of being human. Um, You're in a, you're in a certain, you're in a wonderful club and long may it last. And then, then you'll join the, like one parent has died club. Uh, And, you know, in the case of my children, you know, we are, we're two sets of Um, Mm co-parents. And it occurred to me the other day, I was like, Oh my goodness my kids are going to have to live through four parent deaths.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's right? that's true. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, but, but uh, I, uh, I had the privilege of um, attending this dementia conference in Belgium, where there are all these designers trying to figure out how to make uh, life uh, with dementia easier on people and sort of how to create systems and support networks and, um, all kinds of things that might help make it less difficult. And so I showed um, Dick Johnson is dead there. And this wonderful man stood up and asked me a question after the film was over. And I, you know, he was asking like, why, like why did you have your dad die over and over in this film? And, you know, I said lots of reasons and, you know, basically because I wanted him to come back to life. Like I want him to keep coming back to life. And then this man in the most gentle way possible, he said, you know, with my experience with dementia, um, the person really dies multiple times. The person that you love completely disappears. And yet also they are there in their body. But the person you loved is dead. Yeah. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, I think my dad. I mean, suddenly I was like, oh, yeah, I could think of three very concrete moments um, where it felt like my dad died on the same level of the level of grief I had when my mom died. And I just really gave me a lot of compassion for myself. It's like, Oh, I'm living through multiple dementia demands that you live through multiple deaths of a loved one. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that is heartbreaking, right? It's like to, 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 be constantly reliving that is it's got to be the the most difficult thing that you have to deal with in your life
1: yeah you know i mean it is powerful i will give you like it is powerful um and you know i think of all these like incredible people who have managed to translate the power of living through the death of a loved one like you know elizabeth alexander's incredible book about the death of her husband, uh, Joan Didion's incredible book about the death of her husband, right? Brodsky's incredible book about dying. Like there have been people who've been able to articulate this experience, and yeah, it is solid <laughs> as a rock.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but in the case of dementia, what's so extraordinary, brutal, transcendent is the person's dead, but they're still there. <laughs> yeah. So, there, so it is. So there is some way that it, it's like it's death and not death, right? And sure, yeah. Well, you still, so, you
0: still get to see that smile that your dad has, which is like, oh my God, it's so right? contagious.
1: And it's so. I mean, he's still so happy when he gets chocolate. You know, like yeah, so happy. <laughs> um, and. So I treasure that. And I also like marvel at the stamina it demands of all of us to experience this prolonged grieving while the person is present, Um, you know, but so, so, you know, it's just like these questions of like sudden death, like death that goes on forever, multiple deaths of dementia, like what do you want? Well, guess what? Like, most of us don't get to choose. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's, um, I, I do at least think that there's like some comfort in the fact that like you get, you could still like grab onto them, right? Like, there's got to that, like, like the, you got to try and find like those like little positives in something that must be so incredibly draining for the most part, I would imagine, right? Yeah. um well, and that's, that's no it's just it's yeah it's i i'm just like part of these these conversations and and when i you know and, and this is obviously something i i haven't really had a a, a a an in-depth conversation about or really have thought about to this extent and it is so interesting and terrifying and beautiful and um it, it's it, i try <laughs> my brain goes to all right, well, the, but like, what's, the, there's gotta be, so, what's the positive, right? Like, how are we gonna not make this completely destroy us? Because um, that's either, my brain either goes one way or the other, where it's like, mm, this is terrifying, and now I'm just gonna, this is just a new thing I'm going to fear for as long as I, I possibly can fear it. Mm-hmm. Um Do you feel like there's like a thing? Is there something that stands out? Is there one thing that you could look at it and be like, well, I do appreciate this, or this does help, or this is what keeps it, you know, easier to manage.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, I I do believe that different people's brains function in different ways. Sure. So, like, all respect to your brain and the anxiety that you live with, and like this, like you know, that you swing from one spectrum to another with it. Yeah. But one of the things that making movies has um, given me, I would say is the experience, kind of like what I used to describe to you of watching the funeral from the tree when I was a little kid, is like you can hold um, radically different emotion experience simultaneously. And so I would say absolutely um, my mother's dimension, my father's dimension, brutal, brutal. Like we use that word all the time. It's brutal. It's a great great word. Absolutely loving, tender, hilarious, unexpected, surprising, full of physical touch, full of awareness of how much I value this person. Like all of those things happening simultaneously. And sometimes you know, just hits you like a ton of bricks and you sob and you're exhausted. And other times it's just like, it's absurd. It is ridiculous. It is hilarious. And how much I love this person is going to give me a heart attack, right? <laughs> and yeah. so that range of feeling, I'm really into that, which is part yeah. of what I tried to construct in the film. It's like, I want you to laugh and cry. Like, I want this to hurt and feel good. Yeah. I want, you know, and cause I think, uh, that's what this life is. And it's that relentlessly. Um, and there's enough like injustice, pain, suffering, um, horror in the world to make us depressed all the time. And then look at all these people who fight for better things. Look at all these people who help us make out a, you know, make us laugh. And so it's just like, range how do we build range into our lives and into our relationships in the world right and into the things that we make and i think you're doing that with this podcast it's like you're you're allowing this space of like let's go there also let's be light about it also <laughs> let me let me reveal like my anxiety like yeah. i'm going to laugh like i see planes from where i am and i'm going to laugh when i see them now so i'll be like oh my god robert thinks that's going into his house <laughs>
0: uh yes i love that i'm good i'm, I'm that makes me very you happy give me a
1: gift you gave me a gift of absurdity <laughs> and if that does happen to you i promise i'll laugh when i see your picture oh,
0: bitch- yes please please make just remind everyone that i called it just you just called make sure it
1: you, <laughs> you called it Oh my goodness, I did have one um, film shoot that I was on. I say film shoot because it actually, it was actually for a TV show and it mm-hmm. was quite a dangerous situation. And so I wrote to this young woman who um, I was mentoring. I said, like, if I get killed on this shoot, will you please tell everyone I was working on a feature length documentary, <laughs> not a TV show? <laughs> it's like our yeah. ego, like, our ego around, like, how we want it to be yeah for what for what value would we go down right like yeah. oh, I'm to it go down for a feature-length documentary <laughs>
0: yeah well it's so ridiculous that i assume that like i that it's going to happen to me that anything's going to happen to me that like it's going to happen
1: fact... to you <laughs> it is going to happen to you robert unless you want to be an if i die or with me
0: <laughs> no i just mean in the sense that like the odds of that of a of an of a a helicopter crashing into an apartment building are so incredibly rare. At least, yeah, yet, at least they're higher
1: if you live next door to an airport, <laughs> no, don't tell me
0: that <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself that if there's less of it, but for some reason I just assume, well, if it's going to happen to anybody, it's going to happen to me. That's I, just like where, you know,
1: I'm going with that. I'm buying
0: that. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's just, <laughs> we'll just stay there then.
1: Yeah. And then boom, it'll happen to me.
0: If it it might happen during this podcast, if the screen goes black, that that is, (laughs) I will say though, and I don't know if anybody that's listening flies a helicopter, but do you have to fly so low all the time? They're so low and it's just like, I I get it. Air, I don't get it, but airspace, whatever it is, you got to be in a certain, they're just so low. It's like, guys, it's just terrifying. Anyway. Um, the film is incredible um you, you, the was there anything that uh that 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 made you uncomfortable to film <laughs> in like the sense that like your dad's dying over and over you, most people would be like that was the uncomfortable part right and and i could understand if that was part of it but <clears throat> i would just be curious if there was like something that something that you wouldn't necessarily assume made you uncomfortable
1: yeah, I mean, I would say I was uncomfortable the whole time of making it. Perfect. Right? Uh, <laughs> okay. I was like wildly uncomfortable, and yeah. you know, like whenever you're trying to make something, like stretching into new territory, you're really exposed. Yeah. Uh, you know, you sort of your your hopes are exposed, your ambition is exposed. So, like I said to people, I'm trying to make a funny movie. It's like I don't how yeah. to make a funny movie, um, but more than that I guess I felt like I felt sort of pathetic like I felt pathetic bringing out into the public space like that this matters like that my father's death matters um you know and I I consider myself a person who um you know I think a lot about injustice in the world and like who is getting a raw deal and like who in this world like gets a pretty good shot. And you know, my dad as a white American man who had a profession, who had children, like he had a beautiful life. Um very, he was very uh uh he worked hard, he was a decent person, but like he had a he had a lot, he was given the chance by the systems of society to thrive that is not true with everyone. And so, so I had this like sense of like, oh, oh my God. Like, oh, the privilege of white American people who think like their dad dying at 87 matters. Like I I was sort of, I I was ashamed Hmm. uh, on a certain level of like, why would I take people's time with this? Um, But I had to, like, I think when you try to make work that matters, you have to really say like, what matters to me? What am I fighting for? And it mattered to me so much what was happening with my dad. Um, and and I thought, okay, like like you, it's like, I understand, like people don't want to talk about this stuff. And my dad as a psychiatrist allowed me to think and talk about things that are hard to talk about. Can I share that? can I share like the energy he had in his life um, with the world? And that's going to include some humor. Uh, And so that was the, that was like the wish and the urge that helped me get through those questions, which I think are still very real and legitimate. Like, you know, like who cares this man is dying who cares. Um, But what we tried to build into the film was the space for other people's experience, not just me and my dad's experience.
0: Sure, and I mean you could say that about a lot of content that's put out into the world, right? Like, who cares?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. (laughs)
0: So I think that there's there's power in that, in the fact that, like, well, okay, if they're making all this other nonsense, I could make my you know quote unquote nonsense too, and what it whatever it is, it's it's this thing that I want to create, and that. I think, um, especially with the the topic that you're covering, is an important topic. So uh, there's obviously the opportunity to reach out to people and to to help people and to to comfort people. And, you know, I would imagine there must have been countless amounts of people that watched that film that were going through what you were going through. And it probably helped them a ton.
1: Well, I have gotten a lot of love from people. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah and and it makes me wildly happy because you know i do think i do think that we have to strive to go beyond our own selfish needs in this life right and we yeah. there like so many people have struggled to do things or to be or to bear witness um in a way that matters and and that helps the rest of us live so I I do I feel a lot of gratitude for all the strugglers in the history of humanity and like I want in I want yeah. to be a struggler right <laughs> and share that struggle
0: yeah. um,
1: and and not pull any punches right like yeah. not pretend oh I got this <laughs> it's like no <laughs> I don't actually
0: Yep yeah
1: um, and so that's what that's what we were striving to do with the film and it was so fun to work with such um talented people who love making movies and to think about like how can a, how can cinema help us with this particular dilemma and yeah. i i feel like it did cinema helped me
0: i think with, uh, the idea of creating something to to help is is gonna be there's you're gonna find success i think almost every time And I also love the idea of doing something that makes you uncomfortable. That makes you feel that that's awkward. That makes you like, I feel like I have found the most success just in being a human being and just living my life by doing things that made me uncomfortable. There's been like such, you know, gratitude from pushing myself to feel awkward and then finding like the beauty that comes after it. So I think that's great. I'm so glad your dad is still around. Oh. She's so so happy.
1: Oh, uh, long um, live Dick Johnson. Yes. <laughs> and, long, and long with your mom.
0: Yeah, she's like I. She's gonna bury all of us. There's just there's no doubt. Um, and you know, it's
1: it's. Don't make her do that. Don't make her <laughs> bury her children. No,
0: no, no, no. I'm she, I'm sure she would. She would not. She, she would she not. Wants be down. To, she would not be no. into that idea whatsoever. No, but
1: that is not what she
0: wants. I do. I do. Sort of push onto her the conversations of death and we did have quite the conversation before a a surgery. And, you know, I think it's, it would, it made uh, everything a little bit easier. Uh, So, you know, it's, it's not a fun conversation to have, but you know, I, I clearly encourage it. it. Yeah.
1: It can be right. It can be, it can be. And I think that's the, that's the like the gift my dad gave me is like facing his death together was a lot of fun uh, and um, we're still doing it and yeah. sometimes it's less fun, but that's where I, like he, he has, you know, wildly, wildly inspired me.
0: Really quick. Uh, I don't want to take up too much time. I appreciate you talking. Um, do you want one of your children to make a film about you when you slowly start to die?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just reminiscing with the kids. Cause you know, uh, my children just turned eleven um but during the making of the film, I guess they were uh I'm so good at math um you know <laughs> they were like seven, eight, nine, yeah. um, and we talked a lot about like how's grandpa gonna die. And the other day, the kids were, we were at a restaurant and we could sort of overhear people talking loudly. And they were like, oh, remember that time we were talking about how we were going to kill grandpa. And those people were listening to us at the restaurant. (laughs) And (laughs) I just felt so much joy like that this is the dialogue about death that's possible with my children and that my father trusted me to do what I thought was meaningful with my life and with my work. And I am committed to trusting my children to do what they need to do. Um yeah. I don't need it from them. Like there's <laughs> there's plenty of sure. me. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of me in the movies already. Yeah. But if they want to go there, they have my blessing. There we go. And they'll have this tape after I'm dead for proof.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll make sure to send it to them as soon as you die. <laughs>
1: whoever dies first passes the tape on to the children
0: perfect hey thank you so much for doing this this was so much fun um again you know i loved your film i'm so glad that you made it and that it's out there and um i can't imagine you know that will be the last time i watch it and uh Uh, yeah thank you so much for doing this
1: I, it's just you give me a gift in the conversation in the like now what I'm going to think when I see airplanes and you know yeah. thanks for thanks for keeping my father in the world um which is what you're doing in some ways by like talking about this film on this podcast sure. it's still showing on Netflix it's uh with the Criterion Collection we made it a- badass dvd chris buck took the pictures of my dad um long may he live chris buck uh so so thank you for the gift of sharing the love of my father in the world
0: absolutely happy to do it
1: right on okay uh may you die in your sleep (laughs) thank you